0: chapter 11 of waifs and strays this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by dion jones waifs and strays by o henry chapter 11 a little talk about mobs i see remarked the tall gentleman in the frock coat and black slouch hat that another streetcar motorman in your city has narrowly escaped lynching at the hands of an infuriated mob by lighting a cigar and walking a couple of blocks down the street do you think they would have lynched him asked the new yorker in the next seat of the ferry station who was also waiting for the boat not until after the election said the tall man cutting a corner off his plug of tobacco i've been in your city long enough to know something about your mobs the motorman's mob is about the least dangerous of them all except the national guard and the dressmakers convention you see when little willie goldstein is sent by his mother for pig's knuckles with a nickel tightly grasped in his chubby fist he always crosses the streetcar track safely twenty feet ahead of the car and then suddenly turns back to ask his mother whether it was pale ale or a spool of eighty white cotton that she wanted the motorman yells and throws himself on the brakes like a football player there is a horrible grinding and then a ripping sound and a piercing shriek and willie is sitting with part of his trousers torn away by the fender screaming for his lost nickel in ten seconds the car is surrounded by six hundred infuriated citizens crying lynch the motorman lynch the motorman at the top of their voices some of them run to the nearest cigar store to get a rope but they find the last one has just been cut up and labelled hundreds of the excited mob press close to the cowering motorman whose hand is observed to tremble perceptibly as he transfers a stick of pepsin gum from his pocket to his mouth when the bloodthirsty mob of maddened citizens has closed in on the motorman some bringing camp stools and sitting quite close to him and all shouting lynch him policeman fogarty forces his way through them to the side of their prospective victim hello mike says the motorman in a low voice nice day shall i sneak off a block or so or would you like to rescue me well jerry if you don't mind says the policeman i'd like to disperse the infuriated mob single-handed i haven't defeated a lynching mob since last tuesday and that was a small one of only three hundred that wanted to string up a dago boy for selling wormy pears. It would boost me some down at the station. All right, Mike, says the motorman, anything to oblige. I'll turn pale and tremble. And he does so. And policeman Fogarty draws his club and says, G'wan, widja?" and in eight seconds the desperate mob has scattered and gone about its business. Except about a hundred who remained to search for Willie's nickel, I never heard of a mob in our city doing violence to a motorman because of an accident. said the New Yorker. You are not liable to said the tall man. They know the motor man's all right, and that he wouldn't even run over a stray dog if he could help it, and they know that not a man among em would tie the knot to hang even a Thomas cat that had been tried and condemned and sentenced according to law then why do they become infuriated and make threats of lynching asked the new yorker to assure the motorman answered the tall man that he is safe if they really wanted to do him up they would go into the houses and drop bricks on him from the third-story windows new yorkers are not cowards said the other man a little stiffly not one at a time agreed the tall man promptly you've got a fine lot of single-handed scrappers in your town i'd rather fight three of you than one and i'd go up against all the gas-trust victims in a bunch before i'd pass two citizens on a dark corner with my watch-chain showing when you get rounded up in a bunch you lose your nerve get you in crowds and you're easy ask the l road guards and george b cordeloo and the tin-type booths at coney island divided you stand united you fall e pluribus whenever one of your mobs surrounds a man and begins to holler lynch him he says to himself oh dear i suppose i must look pale to please the boys but i will forsooth let my life insurance premium lapse to this is a sure tip for me to play methuselah straight across the board in the next handicap i can imagine the tortured feelings of a prisoner in the hands of new york policemen when an infuriated mob demands that he be turned over to them for lynching for god's sake officers cries the distracted wretch have ye hearts of stone that ye will not let them wrest me from ye sorry jimmy says one of the policemen but it won't do there's three of us me and darrell and the plain-clothes man and there's only seven thousand of the mob how'd we explain it at the office if they took ye just chase the infuriated aggregation around the corner darrell and we'll be moving along to the station some of our gatherings of excited citizens have not been so harmless said the new yorker with a faint note of civic pride i'll admit that said the tall man a cousin of mine who was on a visit here once had an arm broken and lost an ear in one of them that must have been during the cooper union riots remarked the new yorker not the cooper union explained the tall man but it was a union riot at the vanistore wedding you seem to be in favor of lynch law said the new yorker severely no sir i am not no intelligent man is but sir there are certain cases when people rise in their just majesty and take a righteous vengeance for crimes that the law is slow in punishing i am an advocate of law and order but i will say to you that less than six months ago i myself assisted at the lynching of one of that race that is creating a wide chasm between your section of country and mine sir it is a deplorable condition said the new yorker that exists in the South, but i am from indiana sir said the tall man taking another chew and i don't think you will condemn my course when i tell you that the colored man in question had stolen nine dollars and sixty cents in cash sir from my own brother end of chapter eleven Recording by Dion Gimes, Salt Lake City, Utah.